Welcome to the Lead Team Podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Lead Team Podcast. It is Curtis and Jason here today. So if you wanted Jared, sorry, but he's out. And while we're at it, apologizing for things, we also apologize for last week's episode not having made it up. We had some technical difficulties with the recording, and unfortunately, we are not able to publish that episode. So you get this one, though, with Curtis and Jason, a special, a Thanksgiving special, if Thanksgiving you will. Thanksgiving special. Cyber Monday special. Cyber Monday. Yes. So this was like the sale version. You like the discount. So it's always free, and now it's even freer. It's, it's <laughs> Wait. No, no. Don't say it that way. It's 70% off today. 70% This off. podcast is brought to you at 70% off. <laughs> I guess the discount would be that Jared's not here. So it's actually like 30-something percent off. You get two for the price of one. <laughs> oh, now we've definitely marketed it appropriately for Cyber Monday. Two for the price of two one. Two for the price of You're one. You're getting double, double. Double the fun. Double the quality right here. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So Welcome to the podcast. So this week, uh sermon came out of Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Um, there was a lot of talk about the law, about Living grace. a higher law. Yeah. What I love about it is Jared always in his titles lets us, it's almost like his titles to me, frankly, are better than the sermon in his sentences. Yeah. Sentences? Sentence? Ser- sermon? How do you say sentences plural? Then certain sentences, yes. Sermon sentences. In, sermons in a sentence. It would be sermons in a sentence. Yes. Based on how the... Actually, no, because it's the sentence. All right, grammar that's, nerds. That's plural in this case, not the sermon. This is where I need someone who has a doctorate. And I'm married to someone who has a doctorate. Yeah, but and I need her. I need to call a friend and say, "How do I do this?" You have to phone a friend. So Romans seven. Romans seven. But the title was, I believe, "Living by a Higher Law," and that encapsulates the whole of the sermon, that whole chapter, because what that chapter speaks about to us is that okay, the law we're living under, the law of the law, to be redundant. Um, but sin, you know, living under trying to live our lives by doing good things, doing moral things to achieve righteousness. What Romans 7 it says, okay, you live like this, you're going to, this is going to lead you to certain death. Like this right. does not do anything for you, but neither does that license the sin, which we talked about in Romans 6, yeah. you know, abounding in that. Rather, it is the law of Christ. Yeah. And I think that. It's important, this this goes back to, you know, things that have been taught in years past, but that realization that, you know, the law is what reveals our sin to us, but it doesn't have the power to save us. Right. We were released from the law, which held us captive, now free to live under the... Right. Which doesn't make, still doesn't make the law ineffective. Right. No. The law still has the effect that it can have. It reveals mm-hmm. and helps us understand. It yeah. helps us understand we're sinners, but then it also helps us understand we'll always be sinners. Well, and if we don't understand the importance of repentance, then we'll never repent. Right. And, and that's that's the key. It's that idea that that i mean it's in our culture the word guilt is considered a really bad word sure oh guilt if you're guilty of something you've done something wrong it's absolutely true but really as christians guilt is essential for us to be able to even begin to understand the need for repentance and the power 
of God's grace through I Christ. I think of the, the worship song Before the Throne, which I think is one of the best examples of explaining who we are before Christ, who we are through Christ through the sanctification process, and then who we are in that final glorified state, you know, where Christ calls us home. Like, it says everything about who we once were, who we are, and who we will be. Yeah, and one of the things that Jared said in the message that I thought is just a good checkup for all of us is, he's like, there's like a checklist of faith. Yeah. Am I doing the checklist of faith? Like, you know, do I attend church this many times? Right, right, right. Is the family there on Christmas and Easter? You know, did we do this? Have we done that? Did we say our prayers at meals? Hey, all those things are great. Please do all those things, right? right? But at the same time, it's realizing that those are not, uh, those are those are the byproducts. They're the visible results of our faith. He talks about the this a lot in the book that he loves, and we've all read it, Spiritual Disciplines of a Healthy Life by Donald Whitney. Yeah. I read that book. When he, when he mentioned it, I was shocked. I was like, other people know this book? Because, I mean, you know, I lived on the East Coast before I came here. I didn't think Texas people were educated. That is a so, required you know. <laughs> text at Criswell College. There we actually. go. That's where I read it. That was a joke, Texas people, by the way. Please do not come Jason hates Texans. Do no, you know he thinks In-N-Out is better than Whataburger? It's true. Whataburger, Justaburger. No, no, it's not true. <laughs> and we lost a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so... But that book helps us realize that, yes, the disciplines of, of uh, spirituality help us form those habits that keep us checked in, that keep us moving. Because sometimes with life, how busy it gets and stuff like that, if we're not intentional about it, we're absolutely just being carried. We're not actually taking any opportunity of our own through the spirit to form ourselves and be sanctified. So spiritual disciplines are healthy. But you're absolutely right. They're the byproduct of the faith that is put into us by right. Spirit. We live this way because we're believers. Exactly. We don't live this way to become believers. And that's the checklist also brought up, you know, something that you mentioned uh, before we started with the, the great image of the video he put up mm -hmm. there. of The zombie bug. The zombie bug. Jared was psyched about that zombie bug. He texted me about it. And he's like, I have this really cool video. So I hope y'all loved it because Jared was really excited by it. Yeah. Well, and if you were creeped out by it, like, come on. Please it's, direct it's all your angry emails to Curtis at <laughs> TateSprings.com. I'm here for you. I'll text you, but I'll email you back and say, get over it. <laughs> that'll be that'll be a response, I promise. And I might put something loving before or after that, just so you don't feel so bad. We might we might do some exposure therapy and just send the video to you. Yes. That's what we should have done. Sent the video to the whole congregation. Right, we could post it. Yes. Say, hey, if you didn't have enough of it yesterday. The zombie bug. But what a cool illustration, though, showing, you know, how we live, but we live dead. Yeah. You know, apart from Christ, because it's it's this sin nature in us that destroys, corrupts, eats away, and all of a sudden it's controlling us. And that's mm -hmm. that is also what he was saying was the example of the law. This thing that's supposed to bring us life, we think, right. actually turns out to be the thing that kills us. Yeah, in in like if 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 people are, you know, attending church and doing all the things on the checklist, but they never want to be at church, they never want to read their Bible, they never right. want to worship. They never want to pray. Um, then you know, I think the the fear then is, you know, are you really living uh, under the law 
do you have the grace of Christ right. in your life? Because these are the things that we should desire to mm-hmm. do uh, as believers. If we're true believers, then we're driven to do these things. Mm-hmm. We want to be a part of we a church. We want to be in the Word. We, we want to pray. Right. We, it doesn't mean we always succeed at it. No. We may hit roadblocks here and there. We may have dry spells or whatever. But <clears throat> living out our faith uh, is the fruit that Jesus talks about. So, Curtis, this then makes me want to ask a question. Are you good for a question? Jason, why don't you ask a question? We're now moving into the second part of the Lead Team podcast. Questions with Jason. Questions with Jason. Questions with this Jason. This is a new segment, evidently. This is a new segment, probably just for today. Um, but, so, like, let's let's really put some uh, rubber to the road of application. How are people able to understand, am I having, you know, healthy uh, growth in my life as a Christian. You know, you, you with the family ministry, you guys talk about this a lot, especially mm-hmm. with families and parent roundtable and stuff. How do we disciple our kids? Yeah, We have this with our D groups and small groups and all that stuff as well. We have things at the church that allow people to be able to have check marks in their life. But what are ways that families at home, moms and dads on their own, then with their kids, how can they start, you know, forming healthy habits? Well, I think it starts with parents who are not just engaging with the checklist. Okay. The parents who are engaging with their faith um, regularly, they're reading the word, they're praying. And when you do that, then you you live your life receptive to God's guidance. Amen. And, and we have what we call faith talks. We have these, these moments where, uh, as De- Deuteronomy 6 says, when you know, you're walking along the way and your kid sees something or says something and you say, oh, well, you know, God prompts you for this faith talk where you can kind of lay things out for him in the long run. You know, we always go back to second Peter chapter one and the traits that are laid out there and say, you know, these are the things that are evident in the lives of a believer, whether they're a second grader or a 70 year old. So, and and we have to, we have to see those things in our lives. So as a, as a pastor, as someone who's your your life, your work as an adult has been in ministry by and large. Can you give some concrete examples of how you and Kylan with your boys walk this out, live this out through trial and error, of course? <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> Maybe of Maybe give error. some encouragement, you know, to the parents out there. How do I do this? Because yeah. the reality is, guys, and speaking full truth, I'm not a parent, don't have kids, don't even have dogs. And so or cats or fish or geckos, whatever pets you have. Um, okay. Yeah, I so although life is busy of a lot of my own things, I don't always understand the demands that are on parents and families and stuff like that. So I'd like to even know. Y'all are so busy. How do you make time for this? And it sounds like a lot of it's through just these natural habits. Yeah, well, and one of the things is not be so busy. OK, so um, so we live we live a life where in our culture the kids yes you know the kids are supposed to be in baseball football basketball dance drama they're supposed to be in everything for the record i was in dance and wrestling and football yeah and theater and you mash all those together and you get something we call jason nichols <laughs> so that, that that's like a definition of you Float like a butterfly sting like a bee yeah but that's one of the things is okay well life gets Life gets so busy, we can't make Wednesday nights because of practice. And right. We're out of town this Sunday and next Sunday and the Sunday after for 
a select team tournament and yeah. and we don't have time to sit down at the table together in the evenings because we have this and that yeah we have to be willing to just really like break it down and say okay these things are our top priorities and nothing compromises these things and then um and then we add in the pieces but the the truth is we're too busy we work too much we 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 play too much and we don't spend enough time together as a family and as Paul David Tripp lays out in his book about parenting, you know, he says, you know, we'll spend, we spend quality time driving our kids to their, their game and watching them play, but that's not quality time. Sure. We're not actually spending time with our kids. So we're teaching them our love for them and their approval is always based on their actions and what they're involved with. And so instead we just have to be willing to have the times where we can actually watch the sunset together and talk about what God made. So I remember this growing up. If I can speak of just a little bit of testimony about my dad, uh, drove me to football, drove me to wrestling meets and stuff like that. Even when I got older, of course, being on the team bus and stuff like that. But when I did like club sports and everything, he would he would drive me. But I remember seeing my dad every night. Mm-hmm. He would pull out his Bible. He had a huge Bible, um, and he kept it right in his little hutch where he had all the bills, all of his essential things. That's where the Bible was as well, right on top of all the budget stuff. He would read it every night. He was taking notes. Now, I saw this going on for years, and it didn't really click until I was like a late teen. Like, And it mm-hmm. kind of makes me sad that I didn't click until like I was a junior or senior. Mm-hmm. But I eventually asked him one day, I was like, what are you always writing? He's like, my prayers. He's like, I just read the Bible every day, and where the Spirit prompts me to pray, this is what I write down. And then I remember he had index cards in his work van and in his truck. Of pictures of us, but then prayers for us too. Man, that's so cool. And my gentle giant of a dad who did not, he was not, he, he was a deacon and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but he never spoke. Like he didn't talk in meetings. He would build shelves. He would go help old ladies. Like yeah. he, he worked with his hands. He was an engineer. He was quiet and strong. And so even though he never really talked about these things, and it's only been in really my adult life that we have, I've seen the testimony of someone who's faithful to read the word and be influenced by the word. And through that, I think he's just had calm and peace through what most of you are aware, a pretty tumultuous life. And he's just been able to trust that God is working things through, not, not, not him. Well, I think, so I do think that that's the, the key is the core, but I also think in context of Romans seven, making sure your kids see that your family's involvement with your faith is not a checklist sure that it is your life right. it is and we do that through ministering together we had we had some people go to the the operation christmas child distribution center right last wednesday right. and and they did, we, we have an adoptive grandparent program right. right now that we have people signing up for it's an opportunity for families to not check off oh we went to church but instead invest in ministry it's more in others. than just going to church on sundays right more than just going to church on wednesdays it is actively engaging in the life of the body yeah yeah and and, and, it, and it happens when like my grandfather this made a huge impact on me when i was a teenager i had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to germany now i'll i'll, I'll date myself here this was uh this was a few months after the fall of the berlin wall okay and uh, we were having an opportunity to go on a mission trip and minister to these people in Germany, uh, many of whom had not been 
allowed to hear the gospel, not Bibles, all those yeah. kinds of things. And so um, my grandfather wanted to see that happen. Wow. My grandfather who fought in World War II wow. and believed that this was the true final result of the war was that Germany would be freed. Uh, wow. And um, and so he wanted me to go and take the gospel there. And he worked driving cars for Hertz rental cars, driving between the airports and stuff. Um, so that and gave money so that I could go on that mission trip. Wow. So he didn't get to go on the mission trip, but he he sent he helped send me on that mission trip. And he taught me something really valuable about missions. You know, when he sacrificed to send me on a mission trip, which my parents also did on other mission trips, they shared with me your faith is something you do and we want to empower that. Right. Uh, it's not it's not just something you that have, happens right. to you every day. Exactly. It's not a checklist. Right. It's it's a part of our lives. And I think that's just really really important that right. we make sure we're sharing. And you know, it's not just being involved at Tate Springs. What we do here at Tate Springs is we provide opportunities, we provide ways for you to get connected because we if you're, you know, attending with us and being a part of the local body here at Tate Springs, this is your church home and so we provide those things because we know people don't always know inherently where to go. But at the same time, the internet exists and it can tell you and you can vet with your research and stuff like that, missions organizations to get involved with, um, things to do around your local you know, area, not just Arlington itself, but if you live you know, a little further out or something like that, the Metroplex, um, there are always ways to get involved in your Christian community at large, yeah. not just at Tate Springs, yeah, and there's also just the realization that our calling as a family is to minister uh, actively. So, like, walk out your front door, right, and look around. You know, you've got maybe uh, like like a couple of years ago, one of our neighbors lost her husband, and so now, you know, Kylan takes her food, and and we try to help with things. And you know, there's there there are ministry opportunities that God has dropped your family directly into that you need to be aware of. And we also offer this through our outreach ministry, Bless Every Home. Mm -hmm. BlessEveryHome.com, if you sign up for it, it's gonna connect you to your neighborhood specifically, and it's gonna show you those in your neighborhood who are Christians, but also those who aren't and who can use the word, and it'll connect you with them. And we, every single month, provide you with the resources available to connect with your neighborhood and love on them and share yeah. them hope of Christ. And that's the key. It's it's that, like Deuteronomy 6 says, as we walk along the way, it's an outflow of who we are. Uh, it's not a checklist. It's the outflow of our faith. The These traits are things that, that are the byproduct of us living the faith that God has has graciously given us. And in, in, in through His grace, we're empowered to live that way as individuals, as families, um, and when you feel powerless and when you feel like I just can't do it, that's when we realize that God's not checking a list off. Right. He's right there with us. Amen. He's walking with us and he'll empower us, uh, to do the ministry that he's called us to do. So that was this week. And I know moving forward that we're going to continue in Romans and we can't wait to see where Pastor Jerry goes next. He'll be back next week. We hope you are too. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. At Tate Springs, we want to help you discover your part in God's story. Connect with us at tatesprings.com. We'll see you next time.